Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Today, I'm inspired by the Spirit of God to teach about effective prayer. What is effective prayer? How do we pray effectively? And more so in this time that we're in, where oracles are failing, Businesses are failing. Institutions are failing. Scientists are struggling. Um, Disease is everywhere. People are sick. COVID. Many other things. Families have been uh, separated from their loved ones. People are grieving from pain and loss of their people. In a time when the world is at its most hopeless state, it's important for us to not only tell people that there's a God above who can and is able to change this circumstance but also who is able to hear us and answer as we ask somebody shout hallelujah but the challenge is that sometimes we struggle in understanding how to pray there have been an ardent or a fervent man when it comes to the emphasis on prayer and i have a number of sermons on prayer and I call them prayer quotes. They're about eight, I believe. And those are different perspectives and facets of prayer. And if you've never listened to prayer quotes, go on the mobile application or come to your office as well if you're in Uganda, we can get you a copy and listen to the prayer quotes and learn to pray. Because many people don't have answers in prayer. And I've also seen experiences of people who are committed in prayer. They pray every day, they pray continuously, they are committed to prayer, but they don't have the results of prayer. They don't have the answers of prayer. I know people, personally, who can pray five, six hours a day, every day, and they fast almost 100 or 200 days a year, but they still don't have the results of prayer. Because effective prayer is a revelation. And Jesus... His life, the way he walked on the earth, was a very, very wonderful example for those who should believe. And we see his disciples looking at this man, studying him and seeing signs, miracles, and wonders. The lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. And they see that the man has power in his life. He's living with a uniqueness of power. And at one point in Luke, the 11th chapter, the first verse, The Bible says it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. There must have been something powerful about the prayer of the Lord and the results that he had in his walk of prayer, that it caught the attention of the disciples that were around him to say, teach us to pray. There has to be something special. There had to be something about the atmosphere that he created. There has to be something 
special about the energy that came out of the spirit of prayer in that man's life. There must have been answers to questions and solutions to the confusions of that time that pushed these men to tell our Lord, teach us to pray. Powerful, powerful request. Teach us to pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so it's from there that we take time to emphasize and teach people what is effective prayer. I'm not just talking about prayer. What is effective prayer? Because millions and millions of people pray. Millions and millions across the world are praying. And some have prayed until their loved ones have died. Some have prayed until their businesses have died. Some have prayed, you know, until, you know, they failed to get answers. They couldn't get answers in spite of how much prayer they applied in their lives. And so the question, do we just pray and just let the will of God be? Some of them say, oh, you know, maybe let's just pray and then just let God do what he has to do. But our part is to pray. So then what's the point of you praying? Why don't you just go straight and seek the will of God and get to know whether this person is going to live or die? And then, you know, you thank God in advance before they die or you change it, you know, either way. But the truth is, the Bible says he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. The revelation of God's will is in our spirits. It's a consequence of the new birth. It's the revelation of present truth that shows you that he has made known unto us the mystery of his will. Ephesians 1.9 according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So we have Christians who don't know the will of God. And we have Christians who are acquainted with the will of God. We have Christians who say, oh, let your will be done on the earth as he is in heaven. But they don't have a revelation of the will of God in the heavenly places, in the high places. But you see, when you become born again, you're not indifferent to the will of God. The Bible says you have an unction from on high. You have the person of the Holy Spirit and you know all things. It's his pleasure to reveal these things to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so um, I've seen people die while praying. I've seen marriages fail while praying. I've seen kids fail while their parents are praying for them. I've seen things in life that sometimes go back a bit and think through these things. Sometimes I'm like, I wish some people knew the right way to pray. They would not waste their time and energies in meats. The Bible says that profit not them which are indulged therein. For the heart, the Bible says, by doctrine must be established with grace. Somebody shout hallelujah. But we can be occupied in meats which have not profited us. You can pray for yours and not have answers. You can fast for days and not have answers. Yet prayer has its place in the Christian faith. We are supposed to be praying people. I'm a praying person. We are praying people. We run a ministry that is growing at a speed faster than we can count. We have subscriptions every week. For COVID, our attendance were growing every year, every day of every week. And chairs had to be bought. Live streaming centers are growing every day. In the country alone, they are now slightly above 83 or something. You have hundreds of ministries submitted to us. We have fellowships in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, and everywhere. We are on TBN, Africa, we're in Europe. We have on television in Canada, we're on television everywhere. How can we not pray? How can you sustain that without prayer? It's not possible. We do 
some of the biggest crusades in this land. How do we do that without prayer? We have to pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. But we need to define effective prayer. I'm going to give you five things. At least five things that will help you have an effective life of prayer. Usually sometimes when I'm teaching about certain aspects, I prefer to give you in numbers because it helps some of you remember very easily. Somebody shout hallelujah. In Romans, the 8th chapter, the 26th verse, the Bible says, if you will read from the Amplified Version, he said, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. We don't know how to pray or pray the right way as we ought. But the Bible says that the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings, too deep for utterance. Let me introduce you to a very, very interesting experience. There was a time in my life where the gift of God was clearly operating on my life. The lame were walking, I'd seen them with my eyes. The blind were seeing, I'd seen them with my eyes. The deaf were hearing and the dumb were speaking. I'd seen miracles, seen cancers living of people. But when it came to the place of ministry, I had a very big challenge and struggle. Because what I felt in my spirit, what I saw in my heart concerning my ministry was not the potential that I saw manifested in the world. And at first, I used to tell God, you know the world needs to hear this. You know people need to come to the saving knowledge of the truth. You know that people need this more than ever before. Why is it that I don't see the results of a person preaching truth? We have signs, miracles, and wonders that people who are speaking to millions every year, but they can't even heal a toothache. See, as they start. And the Lord, in his generosity, gave me a very wonderful explanation. It was as clear as I'm speaking to you. He said, son, the person of the Holy Spirit is not my active force to effect whatever I will to do. He is a person. He's not just a force. He's not just a power. He is a person. And because the Holy Spirit is a person, don't deal with him just as a force, as a power. Deal with him as a person. And who is a person? A person has a will. He can will. This person has emotions. That means he responds to your attitude. And this person has an intellect. That means he has understanding and discernment to know what you require. He said to me, but you have not dealt with him as a person. You have dealt with him as a force. You have dealt with him as a power. And this power and force has worked. Of course, the Bible tells us that in the beginning, the earth was without form or void. The Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the earth. 
when God said, let there be the person of the Holy Spirit came to effect that creative power. Bible is clear by how he has made me by his spirit. God has created a lot of things by his spirit. But when we relate to the Holy Spirit, sometimes many of us relate to the Holy Spirit as a force, as a power. We are indifferent to the relationship that we have or should have with him as a person. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then God started to take me on a journey to learn how to commune and relate or fellowship with the Holy Spirit as a person. How else would I know when he's quenched if he was just a power? How would I know when he's rejected if he was just a power? How would I know if he's grieved if he was just a power? And so when I'm awakened to that responsibility and consciousness, and I start to relate to the person of the Holy Spirit as a person, I was amazed at how much he has been waiting for me. I was amazed at how much he has been waiting for me. The result of that as well, my ministry started to grow at a speed that I could not count. Because you see, Jesus needed the person of the Holy Spirit and the anointing to effect his ministry on the earth. Somebody shout hallelujah. I can never tell you how much it's important for a man never to step on the altar of God without hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Before I prepare for any service, I'm a person who takes so long, a number of hours in the presence of the Holy Spirit because I need to connect to him a certain way. Because beyond the language and words that I can never preach, there is a power that comes. There's an atmosphere that is given. Like a lady you heard, she was tuning in on Thursday and she was listening in. And the person of the Holy Spirit went into the lamp in her breast and took it out. That is ministry. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's a person of the Holy Spirit. And I realized, especially when I'm doing healing meetings, I get visions earlier of what God is going to do. And I find that instead of asking for the healings, I am in the realm of thanksgiving because of what God has made up to do in that particular meeting. And so our thanksgiving really are places of request because we carry the confirmation of the affirmed experience of his will that he must heal. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's a presence he gives you. There's a command he gives you. There is a certain power and grace that operates on your life. You cannot pray without the essence of the Holy Spirit. So when the Bible says in Romans that sometimes we do not know how to pray or as we ought to pray, it is true that there are many times you've got to wake up and sometimes you have an issue before you and you don't really know the right prayer. Should I pray that God has to the time and day for me to get married to this man? Or should I pray against this marriage. I don't know the will of God concerning this marriage. I don't know the will of God concerning this ministry. I don't know the will of God concerning this business. I don't know the will of God concerning this and that. We have those confusions. And sometimes the things surrounding us can be so unclear. They can be so hidden. They can be so obscure that they are not easily interpretable. And all you need before God is to ask the person of the Holy Spirit to help you speak the language and things that must be spoken from the conviction of your heart. Because sometimes you don't have the language and power too. Without the aid of the person of the Holy Spirit, you cannot have effective prayer. 
There are many people who go to the presence of God and they see themselves that they are alone. They go to God alone. They go to Jesus Christ and relate with him as though they are alone. Go in the presence of God with a helper. When I'm studying the word, I tell him, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this place. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being with me in this. Now I'm going to read the whole book of Psalms. But I cannot interpret the book of Psalms. But the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit is come, he will teach you all things and remind you that which you have forgotten. Whatsoever he shall hear, the Bible says he shall speak. And the Bible says, and he shall show thee things to come. So I tell him, my master and friend, start speaking. So I open the book of Psalms. And as I'm reading, I start to hear that voice telling me. Now, do you see how Psalms, chapter this and verse this, connects to lamentation and then connects to Genesis? This is the very thing he was talking about, Paul, when he spoke in Hebrews chapter 6. And then he starts to connect things for you. And then you hear things that you are sure your mind cannot create. Your abilities have no power to execute or interpret. And when he starts speaking and speaking and speaking, and you know he's speaking, I find myself sometimes that I have to get a pen and, and write or get my notebook or, or my pad and start typing these things because he's speaking so fast and I don't want to lose what he's speaking. And then he speaks and speaks and speaks. And he started as that journey. And then from that, I started to have experiences where I'm seated there. And then out of the blue, he says, can I teach you something? And I said, speak. And then I started to have experiences where God would tell me something and teach me something in the Bible I have never read. I've never read. And I open it and I see the chapters and verses like he has been saying them and I break down in tears and I cry. Why? Because he's speaking something that I could not search. I could not find with my own ability. As I told you, if you have had me for years, you will hear things you might never read anywhere or see on any video or any man teach. Not that God has not given the rest. That's my portion. That's my place in God. He told me many years ago that with many I can confirm my presence. With many I confirm my presence. And their uniquenesses like the callings that I've given different people. But he told me that with you I will confirm my presence through the spirit of revelation. And that's a life and course that I've walked. With another man, it could be a, another thing. But with me, the spirit of revelation has been a confirmation of God's presence in my life. Sometimes when I'm speaking, the power of God hits people and they're slain and they're healed and miracles, signs and wonders happen. People get healed as I'm teaching. Why? Because his power for me is made manifest in the spirit of revelation. It's the unique thing that always reminds me that it's not me or my own ability. But it's the ability of God. It's the rule of measure, Paul says, by which we reach you. It's the abilities and doors and windows that he has opened for my access and the doors of my utterance. It's why I'm reaching you right now on that television. It's why I'm reaching you right now on YouTube and you're tuned in. It's why we are on all the televisions across the world. He is leading and I'm following and I'm so humbled and blessed to be with him in this course and journey. I go where he goes. I listen to what he listens to. You know, I respond to what he commands. So when you create that kind of life and experience, you'll be amazed. Your prayer life is a yielded life. It's not a commanded or controlled life. It's a yielded life. You see that? Because the realm of the spirit responds to principle, not method. Principle, not method. You know, we have people who want to pray like the man of God they saw praying. 
we have certain men of God who emphasize their life of prayer as the standard of prayer. Or that if you go to prayer, these are the steps. Acts, A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. If you don't follow that order, you don't know how to pray. No, what was a man's idea on prayer? It's not the standard of prayer. The New Testament creature has not been given the types of prayers to pray. Leave that for religion. God has called you to a relationship. And like he has created every man different from another, he has called you to talk to him the way he made you to talk. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. If God speaks to the beasts of the field who have no articulation, he said, if you don't worship me, the stones of the earth can worship me. That means if he can even put his essence of worshiping a stone that has no understanding, like the human being which is born after the image and likeness of God, what makes you think that he's so interested in the semantics? God is not interested in the language, human language, the words that you speak. He's interested in the heart that speaks and the relationship. As I said, to be effectual in your prayer is to have your own kind of prayer with God. Your own relationship with him. You cannot build your relationship copying another man's relationship with God. That's why I said, let us give people principles and not methods. That is why my prayer life is so hidden. Because I don't want a man to pattern themselves against my way of prayer. It might be different from how another man prays. And they might say, oh no, this one prays, or oh, this one might not pray, because maybe we don't pray the way you want us to pray. But like I said, bring a lame man, bring a blind eye, bring a deaf ear, bring a dumb man, bring a dead body. And we will show you that we pray. But you see, what he needs you to have is a principle. Somebody shout hallelujah. Invest in understanding the principles. And I'm giving you these things. But how you do it, let it be your relationship with God. There are people who are comfortable praying at three. That's their relationship with God. There are people who are comfortable praying at midnight. Praise God. There are people who are comfortable praying during lunch hour. Hallelujah. There are people who are interested in praying at 10 a.m. And that's their time of prayer. Beautiful. Are you hearing me? I should not create an impression that if somebody does not pray at 10 a.m., then their day is dead. If somebody is not in the midnight hour or 3 a.m. hour or 6 a.m. breakthrough meeting, then no, 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 no. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. Because 4 a.m. in Uganda is not 4 a.m. in the USA. It's not 3 a.m. in Malaysia. It's not 2 a.m. in India. But you see, the clock of the Spirit is aligned for all of us to relate with God. He says, men ought to always pray and not to faith. The instruction there is the leading of the Holy Spirit in your place of prayer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Build your life of prayer. And I always tell people that if you never learn to pray alone, if you never learn to have a personal life of prayer, corporate prayer can be so delusional. Because you see, the deception of that is you come in the presence of people who are flamed. And then you join faith and pray with them, and you get the deception that you pray in their very realm. You belong to their rank and life of prayer. And that is why there are people when they are alone, they cannot pray. Why? Because they need to burn by other men's fires. They need to be stirred by other men's flames. They need to sail by other men's wings. Or winds. When they don't have those wings, they cannot pray. 
Are you hearing me? I emphasize corporate and group prayer is a very beautiful thing. But you see, the place of prayer, like God has given us, is a place where we come lit and flamed by God. And then one with a hymn, psalm, spiritual song come. When we come in the congregation of prayer, of fellowship, we come full. We are supposed to be coming full of the experience that we had while we're still in our private places, our secret places. That's why he says, go in your secret place and lock yourself up. Every believer must have a secret place. If you have a secret place, you'll always have a public demonstration of God's power. No man with a closet whose door is shut in that closet has no open reward with the Father. It's not possible. So then, no matter how much you pray openly, you must have a private life of prayer. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the person of the Holy Spirit is there to help in your utterance, to give you a language and an experience. So when I'm praying, I love on him. I cherish him because he's a person. I praise him because he's a person. I worship him because he's a person. There's something about stirring his emotion. Sometimes he says, this breaks my heart. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm sorry that I've done that. You see, I care so much for the emotions of the person, the Holy Spirit. I care so much about his mind concerning things. I care so much about the things he wills. And when you learn to work with the person, the Holy Spirit, when I learned that, my ministry began to grow. Somebody shout hallelujah. Leading me to the second point. Understand the difference between talking to God and talking with God. There's a difference. So yes, you want to relate with the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay? But when you relate with him, when you relate with the Father in your place of communion, do you talk and 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 tell him all your problems, all your challenges, all your frustrations, and you praise him, you love him, you do all these kinds of things in Jesus' name, amen. And then you go to bed. Because he's a person, he wants to talk back to you. Why do I emphasize the person of the Holy Spirit? Because by evidence of scripture, he is the person that was left for us. Jesus knew who you needed. On the ascension. He said you shall not be alone. I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. He says it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away. The comforter will not come. But if I depart he said. I will send him unto you. The person of the Holy Spirit. He knew who you needed. He knew who you needed. He knew that in the earth you needed to relate. With the person of the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ to the Father. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, there are many people who, again, one hour, they're speaking in tongues, they're praying. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful place. In Jesus' name, amen. And then they go. So, yes, they talk with God. They have constant, constant experiences of talking to God but they don't talk with God. In other words, their ears are not open to hear him. They're loud enough for the person of the Holy Spirit. They're loud enough for God, but their ears are not open enough to hear him speaking. It's a problem. You cannot have effective prayer 
Because let me tell you something. <laughs> like one day I was praying for something. <laughs> and I prayed and I prayed. And I prayed and I prayed. And I prayed. My earlier years of understanding how these things work. And then the next time again, I came to the presence of God. And I prayed and I prayed. And I prayed and I prayed. And then again, I came to the presence of God. And I prayed and I prayed. And then one time, this person of the Holy Spirit tells me, but you know, have you actually ever asked me about this thing you're praying for? Have you sought my mind on this thing that you are praying for? Oh, boom. <laughs> the bulb went on. I had actually never consulted his mind on what I was praying for. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I said, I'm sorry. Speak. And when he spoke, my regret was how much time I wasted in prayer. Because when he spoke, I realized that I did not need to pray about that particular issue. I just needed to hear his voice on it. I just needed to seek his mind on it. So I invest my time in deeper prayer. Jeremiah 33, the third verse, amplified. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Amplified said, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. Pray, call unto me and I will answer. I want to speak to you. You're speaking, but I want to have the opportunity to be able to speak to you too. I want to show you the things that are fenced in, the hidden things of God. Why in Revelation chapter 2, he speaks of the hidden manna. In the Old Testament, they used to eat of manna visible to all men. In the New Testament, the manna is hidden. The hidden things of God. The Bible says they were hidden from the creation of the world for your glory. If you do not know how to search out the hidden things, how to see the invisible things, you cannot walk with God. The Bible speaks of a man who endured all manner of reproach and frustration because he saw him who was invisible. We need to teach about how people should see the invisible things. How to respond to the hidden things. When he speaks of how he will give you the riches that are in the hidden places of, of darkness, God is telling you not everything you need is physically seen or visible. So he wants to show you how to walk and function in the world that is invisible, in the things that are not seen. For the Bible says, but by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not brought about by things which do appear. Understand how to deal with things that are not seen. So the Holy Spirit is saying that if you learn to hear my voice, there are things that are fenced in, there are things that are hidden, there are things that you cannot know or understand or recognize, have the knowledge of or comprehension of, but I'm ready to help you see those things if you learn to hear me. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you learn to hear me. So when you are in the presence of God, create moments to hear him. Create moments to speak to him. If it is hard for you, begin with the most, most distinctive principle. Most distinctive principle. Learn to pray and read the word. Some of you might say, oh, now God speak. And then you wait and he's not speaking. Why? Because you're still a babe. You must grow. The voice of God has degrees. Are you hearing me? The voice of God has degrees. There's a voice which belongs to the gifted, like the prophetic. There's a voice which belongs to the times, generically. For them which are available, it's for the available. 
And there's a voice for them whose heart is consecrated for a higher calling. Who have learned to give their sacrifices in the high places. The Bible says Solomon learned to worship God from his father. And he gave his sacrifices in the highest places. You need to know how the high places work. The higher calling with which we have been called in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Job speaks about the high places too. If you read scripture and understand how the high places are, the voice of God has its own degrees, right? Now, if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God or how to allow him to speak to you, be a student of the word as you are a student of prayer. That's why I spoke and said, in the book of Acts, the apostle said that we shall give ourselves continually to prayer and to the reading of the word. It was a consistent life. If you study my life, my life is a consistent life of prayer and reading the word. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you start through the word and then you are acquainted to his voice, whether he says, my sheep hear my voice, right? When you get acquainted to his voice, it's amazing that even when you're not reading the Bible, you'll be able to hear him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Very basic things but very deep very deep the third pray scripture there are many people in the world who pray emotionally not according to scripture god i have told people is not appealed by your emotions god is appealed by your revelation he sent his word and healed our diseases. Somebody shout hallelujah. You must cultivate a life of praying through scripture. That is why it's not possible to have effective prayer lives if you do not understand the word. If you do not have a revelation, especially the present truth, the grace, the ministry of Christ in the new birth. If you don't know the word, it's a hard place for you to learn to pray. So when the Bible says in Psalms 119, the psalmist says something beautiful. Psalms 119. Let's begin from the 13th verse. He says, with my lips, I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Was he just speaking them before people know? That was a place of prayer. When you are in a place of prayer, your lips have to learn to declare the judgments of the mouth of God. He says, I've rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. He says, verses 15, I'll meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Verses 16 says, I will delight myself in thy statutes and I will not forget thy word. When you learn to delight yourself in the statutes of God, to remember the word of God in your place of meditation, because people don't know that actually meditation is prayer. Meditation is the deepest form of prayer because it's the realm of man created. The things that are not seen, to translate them to the world of the things that are seen, the world of seen things. The law of exchange can only be activated in the realm of meditation where we get things from the world that is not seen, and then bring them in the world that is seen. It's a very beautiful place. You cannot be an effective praying person when you do not have a place of meditation in the Word of God. If you're complaining, like the Bible says, complain according to His Word. If you're murmuring and crying, cry according to truth. If you're interceding, first get to know the will of God in the Word, then pray. 
Somebody right now has a person dying on COVID. And you know what they're praying? Father, if it's your will, heal them. If it's not your will, don't heal them. We shall be okay. And then they quote Job. Shall we expect to receive only good from God? People should understand how the word of God works. Do you know people think that everything in scripture means that it's for them, for their application? Scripture can say Judas killed himself. And there are parts in scripture that can say, in another portion of scripture, God do likewise. So, do you get those two lines and hang yourself? No, you don't. Peter speaks of men which are unstable and unlearned, who twist the scriptures as they do many of them for their own destruction. If you do not know the right application of the word, you could actually kill yourself. Reading the Bible, you can destroy yourself. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible is clear of the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for iniquities. Just as our peace was upon him. He became sin that knew no sin, that we being dead and two sins might live unto righteousness. And he says by his stripes we were healed. The scriptures and the promise are evident. And somebody's telling God, if it's your will, let me heal of COVID. If it's not your will, let me not heal of COVID. What's wrong with you? So if they die, oh, what's the will of God? No, there are people who are trying to seek the will of God and there are people who have understood that the new birth has a revelation of his will. I've given you the scripture. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you understand the will of God concerning a thing, when you learn to pray scripture, in the 48th verse again, in the book of Psalms again, Psalms 119, he says, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in your statutes. So when I'm raising my hands up to praise God, I find myself quoting these things. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He that forgiveth all my sins and healeth all my diseases. He has redeemed my life from destruction and crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed as the ego. And as you're praying, you start feeling the Holy Spirit going through you. When I'm going to pray for the sick, I meditate in those words, how God anoints Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he goes about healing all which are oppressed of the devil for God is with him. I'm speaking back his word and I'm praying scripture and as I'm speaking that I feel power come I feel faith rise I feel the glory of God stir my spirit and I start to look for a blind man why because the word of God is light it is power somebody shout hallelujah Father, I thank you because of your righteousness in Christ. I thank you that because of that, your life is in me. Hallelujah. I cannot fall sick from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. You say none in Zion shall say I am sick. For you shall forgive all their iniquity. I'm a forgiven man. I'm a consecrated man. I'm a sanctified man by the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you for my day. I thank you for my morning. The day responds to me. You told me never to worry or be anxious about anything oh hallelujah glory to God for you said for tomorrow has its own to worry because you know it's under the responsibility to provide for me the days and years are submitted to me according to your will and your word and so I thank you for this day as your blessings surround me for I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called me to glory 
and virtue. The grace of God is working in me and I'm increasing every other day because grace and peace are multiplied through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now to him which is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which I dare to ask or think according to the working power that works in me. Now you're going to surprise me because you're going to do exceeding. Thank you, Lord, because you're going to amaze me. Thank you, Lord, because you're going to flip me. What I thought I know, I'm going to be shocked that I did not know because you're doing exceedingly, abundantly. Oh, I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens me. Not a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Sickness cannot come because I'm more than a conqueror. Death cannot come because I'm more than a conqueror. Psalms 91, you said, because he has set his love on you, because he has loved you. The Bible says you shall honor him. I thank you, God, because of my love for you as it is revealed in my spirit. You honor me, hallelujah. You will deliver me. The Bible says you shall set him up on high because he has known your name. And because I know you, my, your name, you have set me on high. And you say that when I call upon you, you will answer me. You will be with me in trouble. He says, I will deliver you and honor you with long life. You said you'll satisfy me and you'll show me your salvation. I cannot die now. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what science says. You see, I'm praying through the word. I'm praying through the word. I'm praying through the word. And as you're doing that, oh, the anointing of God comes. Somebody shout amen. My children are blessed. My children are blessed. You say they are for signs, miracles, and wonders. They are potent. I can't have a lame child. I can't have a deaf child. I can't have a dumb child. Our children can't have autism. For you say that they shall be as trees. Oh, glory to God. The planting of the Lord. They are the sacrifice which is worthy and perfect before him. I claim those things. My children are taught of you. Their peace is many. My spiritual, my biological have peace in their home. Their marriages have peace. Their children have peace. Their businesses have peace. Why? Because I'm in Isaiah 54 verses 13 and I'm speaking the word on your lives. When you learn to speak the word, you are effectively praying. Pray. Then there are these ones who are saying, God, I'm useless. You don't need anything from me and I know it. And they call that humility. If you will just help me, you just help me. Just, I can't even promise you. Just help, you know, you cannot have answers. Bring that way. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, pray scripture. It's the one thing that helps you separate purpose from lust. When you understand the word of God, you cannot last in prayer. The Bible says in James, fourth chapter, the third verse, he asks and receives not. Because he asks me that you may consume it upon your lusts. The word of God helps you separate purpose from lust. When you can quote scripture, it means that you're not asking for it from the realm of lust, but you're asking for it from the realm of purpose concerning his promises. Somebody shout hallelujah. Fourth point. Therefore, when you know that you're in the perfect will of God and asking according to his purpose, the Bible says, ask in faith. Asking faith. And 
the one portion of scripture that always comes to my head every time I'm sharing that. It's in James chapter 1, the fifth verse, Amplified Version. He says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproach or fault finding, and it will be given him. Only, the Bible says, it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitation, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out of a sea that is blowing hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks from the Lord. For being he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. He's unstable. He's unstable and he's uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Thinks, feels, and decides. Thinks, feels, and decides. That's a person. Thinking, feeling, emotion, deciding, will. You see? When I know that I'm praying in the perfect will of God, and the purpose is revealed concerning the will of God in my life, if I have prayed in the word of God, if I am with the aid of the person of the Holy Spirit, it is my responsibility not to doubt. How do you know you have doubted? What's the attitude that takes you out of prayer? What is the attitude that you carry after prayer? If you have prayed for a sick person and you believe God has healed them, what do you do? Answer me. In Jesus' name, some people say amen. <laughs> and then they start crying. That's unbelief. If you know God has given you what you have asked, what do you do? You rejoice with thanksgiving. You dance. People come and say, oh, sorry about your loved ones. It's, uh, uh, uh. it's fixed. It's fixed. Somebody sent me a message of a wonderful church member. They said, oh, she's dealing with COVID. And I returned to the daughter and I told her, tell her she knows too much to die. I've taught too much for you to die of COVID. Too much. Even in heaven, I'll rebuke you. Somebody shout hallelujah. I've taught too much for you to die. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. And so learn, learn. When you know, do the acts of a person who, who, who is in faith. It might be a worrying situation. You might pray and still feel the worry. Force yourself into rejoicing. Hallelujah. Force the laughter. Some people think you need to first laugh. No. Sometimes you have to first force it for it to come. But start somewhere. Start somewhere. Even if <laughs> Start somewhere. But start. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verses 1 message version. He says if you're serious about living the new resurrection life with Christ. If you are serious. If you are serious. Act like it. He says act. Act. No, no. God will not judge you for acting healed. When you're still feeling sick, somebody shout hallelujah. But if you're serious about living the life of resurrection with Christ, the Bible says, act like it. Act like it. Sometimes you have to learn to act it. I'm healed. I'm well. Praise God. Are you okay? I'm so okay. When you start doing that, huh, you're provoking God to say, I can't ashamed this kind of faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when you are committing yourself to the way of the Spirit, Learn to believe God in your prayer. Lastly, fervency. What is fervency? Passionate intensity. Passionate intensity. Every praying person must have passionate intensity. Again, 
especially for those of you who want to advance in the degrees of prayer, from simply the generic given for all men to the place of the higher things in the spirit, pressing through and breaking through, you need to learn how to have fervency in the spirit. Again, fervency is risky without knowledge. You remember a man called Apollos? The Bible says that he was mighty in scripture and fervent in the spirit, but he beheld another doctrine. So he could not have the effect and results of the gospel, even though he was eloquent, mighty in scripture, but he beheld another doctrine. He would not have the results. So Priscilla and Aquila have to take him at the side to help him understand the perfect way. Somebody shout hallelujah. They had to help him interpret you know, the doctrine the right way. So yes, we have gotten the word right. We have gotten the person of the Holy Spirit right. We're all tick up there. Then the fervency of the Spirit is more beneficial to a man who has understood the doctrine. The fervent of the Spirit is more beneficial to a man who has understood the New Testament and the present truth. So when he says in James, the Amplified Version, the honest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. You know what some people think who don't understand the New Testament? They think, huh, let me first become righteous. That's when my prayer will have effect. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through faith. So you're not righteous because of what you do. And there's no process of making yourself righteous. No, no, no. Righteousness is through faith in Christ Jesus. The Bible says the righteousness of God has been revealed and it is witnessed by the law and the prophet. Even the righteousness of God through faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's through faith faith for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but they're justified freely through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus when you understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus God says now what I need you to add don't even try to do that righteousness thing on you it's already on you it has enveloped you as a cloak and it's within you as a life now I need your fervency he says verse 16 amplified version the honest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working and he gave an example of elijah he says he was a human being with a nature such as we have with feelings affections and a constitution like ours and he prayed honestly for it not to rain and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months and then he prayed again and the heavens supplied rain and the land produced its crops as usual what is he trying to tell us that there are certain things you must learn to pray through fervently. There are things you'll command, get out, and they'll go. When I'm casting out devils, I don't need fervency. I don't need fervency to say, heal. You understand? But I need fervency to prepare my spirit to do it. That's why I say the altar <laughs> is a confirmation of the affirmed experience of prayer. The altar is a reward. It's not the field of seed. The field of seed is your place of prayer. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when we come on the altar and say, be healed, we have already prepared. We have already availed power. See, so the effectual prayer, the effectual prayer, the fervent prayer, the heartfelt prayer, that place where you're passionate with intensity. See, why is that passion important? Because if you're lustful, you can still have a sort of delusioned intensity, a false intensity. A man can lust and look like a man which is hungry or in passion. So I know people who pray the same way, but one has the results of prayer because they are aligned to purpose. 
and one does not have the results of prayer because they're not aligned with purpose. So when he speaks of a place of fervency, no man who has cultivated a personal relationship with God will struggle to be passionate in prayer, to have an intensity of prayer. Jesus goes with his disciples on the mountain his last days as he's preparing himself for the course that he must go. And then he tells them, Tarry, here, pray. Comes back and finds them already sleeping. And Jesus says one fundamental statement. He says, would you not tarry or could you not wait even for an hour? Because his soul was sorrowful to death. He says, could you not even wait for an hour? And how many times did he go to come back the same way? Three times. And there is a principle. <laughs> Not a method, but there is a principle. No serious Christian in your 24 hours would or should go that 24 hours without at least one hour of prayer. He says, could you not watch with me one hour, at least one hour. I tell people that if you pray one hour every day, the right way, one hour every day, the right way, within two to three weeks, you're going to see something on your life that is so remarkable. If you're a battery, you're fully charged. And if you know how to push beyond that with your fervency, you'll understand the overflow. When I'm preparing myself for crusades, usually I don't spend less than three hours in prayer. When I'm preparing myself for a healing meeting, I don't spend less than three hours in prayer. I don't. It's not possible. How? I just don't. Because I know the power of fervency. What am I doing? I'm availing power. That's dynamic in nature. It's not static. It's not just coming to heal a dumb person. It's coming to fix someone's finances. It's coming to fix somebody's marriage. It's coming to fix many other aspects of life. So if I have to do that, if I have to be fervent in the spirit, I'm understanding in me that it's to the degree of how much power will be available. And when that much power is available, it's dynamic. It will answer everyone. Before I go for service, before I come for service on Thursdays or Sundays, I'm always in the praise of God. I have to avail the power to allow me to run the course of the service. So that tens and tens of thousands of people, millions watching across the world, would be able to feed from my altar. You see what I'm saying? Begin at least with an hour a day. One hour. I don't tell people, grow it. No. If you can do an hour, it will grow on its own. When a man can do an hour of prayer, you don't tell him now go to the second. No, it will grow on its own. But how many people in the world cannot even sustain a 20-minute prayer? And they're asking themselves why they don't have power with God and power with men. Father, we thank you. Because your word has come and it is changing us. And I thank you because tremendous power is available right now. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the 
I speak healing to the sick right now. Whatever disease it is, COVID, HIV, cancer, tumors, disappear right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for your marriages. I pray for your career. I pray for your businesses in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That may God align and establish that which he has promised through his word. May God give you such an effectual life of prayer that the evidence of his anointing, the evidence of his power working in your life will be not only unquestionable, but that men and women will seek to fetch from the same source. I decree that God multiplies you and increases you in the season when men are casting down. That you are at your most healthy time of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. That your strides are free with, from struggle and strife. I decree and I declare that the precision of God's vision on your life is going to amaze the world. God is going to quicken you. God is going to establish you. He's introducing you in the places that matter. I decree and I declare that you are in the greatest time of your life and in a few months, a few weeks from now, the testimony of God on your life will amaze the whole world. In Jesus' mighty name and all said, said, Amen. Give him a mighty hand clap of praise. If you have never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior and born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.